Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Liam Ratton. We recorded this in the living room of former guest of the show, Nara Damasin. Thanks again, Karina and Nara and Bean, for hosting me. This episode is brought to you in part by Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan. When the urge to buy more instruments surfaces, or you just need more music accessories like picks and tuners and strings, go stock up at elderly.com. Get Up in the Cool does have sponsors, but it's mainly funded by its listeners. So if you like Get Up in the Cool and want to keep it going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details and some of Liam's upcoming performance dates. But first, here's my interview and jam with Liam Ratton. Enjoy.
and Sammy. <laughs> they heard the tune. Yeah. Hi, Sammy. <laughs> you can come on. It's fine. Yeah. Liam Radden, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah. We're at uh, Karina and Nara's house. That's in, right. In a, is this a, in Trentum? Newbury. This is Newbury. Newbury. Yeah. Okay, I good. love they've taught you Trentum. Is that the way yeah. to say it? Well, it varies on the scale there. Okay. You know, Trentham, when people first come to town. Trentham is how we mostly call it around here. But I've heard if you're from Trentham, you call it Trentham. So oh, I think the more familiar you are with Trentham, the, the less letters you include in the name. I think I was hearing Trentham. And then Richard corrected me. He said, do you mean Trentham? Ah. <laughs> and now I've been saying that. So I think he's actually the one who, I think Nara might say. Anyway. Yeah. Who knows? But we're not there. We're here yeah. in, in Newbury, Newbury, which is not yeah. far from Trentham, yeah. which is, interestingly, I just found out uh, the other weekend, the second highest town at 710 metres in Victoria. Which really? Is, yeah. Quite unexpected. But um, So you actually, this is one of the only areas right in uh in australia that can like get snow other than the top of a mountain right yeah we're probably one of the areas that gets it more but i mean you know tasmania they certainly do oh yeah 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 snow snow is rare enough around here that people yeah. get really excited about it and um yeah i'm english i had to do paper rounds and walk to school in the stuff i don't like it it's yeah cold and wet <laughs> Yeah, and I, it amuses me to see people so excited to see snow. But, you know, that said, I don't want to be a killjoy. It is very pretty when it first falls. <laughs> and if you don't have to do a paper round, it's not much Yeah, better. when it first falls, it's really pretty. Yeah. And then, if you're in a city, it's absolutely atrocious. Yeah, looking. grey slush by 6.30am. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You're you're English though. Yes, yeah. Did yeah. You I'm grow- Australian too, but I um yeah. yeah, until I was 21, I think I left England, traveled around a bit, and I've been in Australia most of the time since I was 24. Yeah. So, and more than well, no, about half my life. Can I ask point. why you why you left? Oh, can I ask why you wouldn't? <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, young person keen to get out and about, but England for me was um, you know, I grew up through the Thatcher years and it was a pretty um, disillusioning yeah. place to, yeah. to be. And, um, yeah, uh, was, there was nothing to stop me. I, I felt I didn't intend to live on the other side of the planet, but um, just to travel and see a bit of the world. But I think I felt more at home in my first day in Melbourne than in the first 24 years of my life huh. in England. It was just... Um, yeah, it just seemed like people were really normal. They said g'day to you when you said g'day or hello, as I would have been saying at yeah. the time to them. Give you the time of day. I, I just found, um, yeah, I could relate more to Australian people. Did you know Australians in England? I did. Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew um, they're, they're sort of like my Australian family and I don't keep in touch with them a lot, but they're still very dear to me. And um, I worked in London in a in a pub um with a, um, a found Australian family, the mother had brought her um, kids over, and um, and a cousin, and a yeah, there was a there was a small net of them, and we all worked together in a the Narrowboat Hotel yeah. pub in Ing- uh, Islington. So um, I spent a year or two with those guys, and then caught up with them out here. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if this is like contentious or not, but like my impression is that like people in the UK like have feel some kind of way about Australians. Is that is that true? Do people have like preconceptions like about yeah, oh, in, in yeah, I think there's certain traits that Australians are known for and that um are expected from English people. Yeah. Like um 
I certainly think when I've had English uh, friends or family come out and we're all pale and pasty because we live in a cold part of the country, they're quite surprised. And um, yeah. <laughs> if it takes you a couple of hours to drive to a beach, they, they think we maybe all sun, sun that sun-bronzed um, Australian image, sporty. Um, but it's not all like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, get up in the cool sort of appropriate for where we are this afternoon because oh, yeah. of that. Um, yeah. You know, it's not yeah, very cold every, today, but. every morning <laughs> since coming to... Uh, since coming to Australia, especially since I flew down to the Melbourne area, uh, I have not wanted to get out of bed because <laughs> it's been really cold. Yeah. And people use, uh, I think I've been in one house so far that has used like heating. Yeah. Okay. Everywhere else is, or like central heating. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. everywhere else is used like a fireplace in one area yeah. and then electric blankets, you know, yeah. or whatever, which is like kind of like a really cozy it is nice to be really warm and have it be frigid all around you. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's really hard to get out of bed or go. Yeah, go I do like that morning. about this area, but um, it still gets to, uh, you know, very dry, oppressive heat for months through the summer. So, you know, <clears throat> 40 degree days with very low humidity can be thirsty work out there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, did you did you come straight? Wait, what town do you live in now? I live in Leonard's Hill. Lennon's Hill? Leonard's. Leonard's, yeah. There's not much there. It's <clears throat> more of an area of the countryside. There's a sawmill there, which is where I live. And that's, um, oh, I think it's, uh, I think we worked out because we were playing five miles from town one night and oh, realized yeah. that <clears throat> it is about eight kilometers yeah. to town. So, um, and that town being Dalesford, yeah. in the Central Highlands. Yeah. yeah. What was the original question there? Oh, yeah. Did you go straight there or like... Um, this time I've been in Australia for four or five years traveling around and I met the woman who was to become my wife, yeah. who was to become my ex-wife, but that's a different story. Sure. Um, no, let's get into it. <laughs> in, in Melbourne. Um, and we went back to England. Um, so hmm. I'd, I'd been in Australia and I'd met my wife, um, and we went to England and our first two children were born there. Oh, yeah. And then we had plans to come out and live in Australia. So... When I came out that time, we came directly. Well, we bought a house, actually, from England, yeah. um, which was a strange move. That was my first encounter with the internet, was that I could look at real estate photos. Um, of yeah, it's helpful. house huh? on the other side of the <laughs> Or planet. misleading sometimes, yeah. but usually I, I wasn't. It was only a little while before then, a traveler in uh, Indonesia on our way back to mm. England had told me that, you know, I should try emailing my family rather than writing letters. And uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, but... I haven't decided whether I'll be in Bangkok or um, Medan yet. And they said, why? I says, how will they know where to send the email? Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, this is years ago now, but it's not as many as... Yeah. Um, it was a little embarrassing, but... Um, uh, no, that's I've a really... i that stuff That's out a now. really cute story, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, let's play another tune. I want to ask you music questions instead of we just... We want to do questions. ask questions yeah. or play a tune? No, let's do a tune. All right, we'll play Old Buck. Yeah, the first one was... Forks of Sandy. Forks of Sandy. Yeah. Here we go with the old back.
Fuck. Ah, so, so much swagger. <laughs> it's such it a s- saucy tune. Oh, cool. Actually, I know I said I was going to be um, cautious about swearing because it, it's just because I don't like the way it sounds, not because I don't believe it's, um, you know, we can't if we want to. But um, I do have to remind Karina, or she's asked me to when we play that one, that there's an F in Old Buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Very good. Yeah. So some banjo players don't like that F chord shape when it crops up you you don't have any i like that one yeah Yeah. (laughs) um although i guess some old-time purists would say although do old-time guitarists like do they play f chords in g tunes or would they just play a d chord well i like like the f chord in that one yeah 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 it sounds good to me that way but yeah people do have different ideas and once you get used to hearing it a certain way, it yeah. can sound just alien the other way. So it's not a matter of whether it works or not, just something you're not used to. Yeah, totally. Maybe. Yeah, I've had to kind of readjust some of my ideas about um, what a melody, like if I'm doing chords, if I'm playing guitar or if I'm playing quarterly on the banjo. Having like a musical education and stuff, I'd be like, oh, this is this chord and it goes to this chord and this is what these imply. And all okay. these old time players are like, what are you doing? No, stop. <laughs> it's one, four, five, like, and yeah, yeah or, or whatever. And yeah, and I find, I, um, if I'm, if I do end up playing, um, guitar and I'm not sure what the chord is, I'll just play it one way, but keep a very close look on the face of the fiddle player who started it. And if they look uncomfortable, yeah. it's probably the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and as a fiddle player, sometimes I can hear a change. And I know it's got to go somewhere. I know what that somewhere sounds like, but I actually can't think while I'm playing what that chord would be. Yeah, it's so, a different um, like, part of the brain or something. Yeah, like I, I, um, I did uh, get invited to be fiddle player at a banjo workshop and was playing a tune with 19, 20 maybe banjos playing oh, back delightful. at me, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was really quite something. But um, I spent a lot of the tune shouting, A, D. E at the appropriate points yeah, yeah. Um, to the uh, a guitar player and banjo player on my left. Um, it was only at the end of the tune I'd realised I was in cross G. Oh no! I, I just <laughs> yes, which is like again where a one four five system yeah. gets you out of trouble. But anyway, <laughs> I did thoroughly confuse them. Yeah, uh, but they deserved it. They were ganging up on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, did you start playing fiddle in England? No. No. I'm going to cut to no because I could have, yes, no. I played um, violin for four years as a, from sort of seven to 11. Were you in orchestra and stuff? Yeah, in the school orchestra. Yeah. 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 Did you take private lessons and? Uh, We we started off with lessons at school. The story is that I came home from school one day, age seven and said, mum, I need a violin and I need it by Monday because there's these lessons. And there was the two options at that school was um, guitar or violin. Oh, interesting. And Um, you chose violin. Yeah. And my mum said to me at the time, you know, um, you should listen to me. If you never listen to anything else, play the guitar. It'd be so much more useful to you later in life, which... After I finished playing, because I, you know, the violin wasn't really holding my interest. I, you know, I sort of enjoyed it a bit, but it wasn't. I think I could hear these tunes back then, but I just didn't. I hadn't come across them. Like, yeah. This is the sound I wanted. And this is what yeah. I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I ended up just bumming around with guitars, being a student, and through my young early twenties, 
playing the guitar thinking, God, if I had started playing the guitar when I was seven, you know, maybe mum was right. But um, then when I was 35 or so, I got um, my first fiddle. Um, and uh, I went, no, that's, that's good. And fortunately, that it was long enough ago that, you know, people talk about these, um, the, the good habits that are bad habits to have if you want to play fiddle. I, I had none of that um, real conscious memory of how to play or... Yeah, but so you didn't have to were, relearn, you didn't have to unlearn necessarily. No, I didn't have to unlearn at all, yeah. but there was enough in there that it made starting the instrument kind of a little easier for me than it would have been otherwise. There was lots of stuff still hardwired in there. Yeah, like, just like, I remember when I first picked up a fiddle, like, I was just like, you know, it's so light, but it's like, how do I hold this? It feels like it's impossible to even hold up yeah. like the first time mm. and then... Yeah, just the spatial awareness of keeping your bow straight is like... I guess, so I guess that's the stuff I mean, is that yeah. when I put it up to my chin for the first time, I didn't just go, oh, wait, which way? Yeah. You, you <laughs> know, I sort backwards. of had a, yeah. had, a, had a bit of a memory how to hold a bow, which is not necessarily how I hold a bow now, but... Um, yeah. so, so somewhere in between um, uh, picking up guitar as a teenager, did you say? Yeah, but I was yeah. about 16, I think, okay. when I got a guitar. And, so somewhere know. in between guitar and fiddle, I believe you said you started playing banjo first? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So oh, this all links. You're amazing how you pull these threads of people's story together and just present them for me to put <laughs> Thank you, Liam. Eyes on. No, here we go. The camera's just filled you, you in. Should listen to the early episodes. So, I mean, I didn't play a lot of guitar. I played a lot of just open chords to, I don't know, any. I used to like kind of Woody Guthrie songs oh, and sure. stuff yeah. like that. Um, and when I did go back to England with um, with three children and my wife, and we went for six months and lived in my dad's house. He moved out into the uh, bungalow in the backyard. He said, no, it's better this way. I'll go out there and I'll get peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and every Tuesday evening, he used to go and dance, sort of flat foot dancing it, but team flat foot dancing, sort oh. of... It's sort of fairly authentic to some of the American styles I've seen, but just a little bit of English village kind of. Do they have stuff on the shoes? Some of them did, some of them didn't, okay. and it was a bit of a contentious issue. Okay. Because the guys that were really into their flat phone didn't really think we needed to have right. caps on the bottom of our shoes, but anyway. Um, and there was a little live band he used to play, sort of um, more bluegrassy or, you know, flat picking guitar player, but very, very um, good at what he did. And busy with lots of gigs and a um, banjo player. Occasionally they'd have a fiddle player, but the banjo player was great. He was really into his old time music and mm. he would play and I just went along. I mean, I liked it and I could play at the most basic level. I learned to play a, you know, old time guitar back up. And um, as soon as I'd almost got the hang of it, the other guitar player said, great, can you just fill in for, and I've, I've got these other things to do. And yeah. you know, so I ended up playing with um, Fred Biscuit for, um, for a sort of period about six months, I suppose. And now I finally got up the courage on one of the last days to say, you mind if I have a go on your banjo, Fred? And I said, oh yeah, go for it. And I just fell in love with the, the feel of it. And I'd always been attracted to the banjo as an instrument. So uh, this was with one day to go before coming back to Australia. And uh, I said to Fred, I think I want one. And he just said, well, um, you should just leave the money with your dad and I'll get it and we'll yeah. send it over because I mean it's not entirely true I came to find out but his opinion was there would be no one who had a, a decent old time banjo or banjo suitable for old time in 
Australia, mm. which which isn't true. But I was really grateful to you know when you don't play an instrument to choose one, it's hard. Like yeah. um, you know, if you can play a little bit first, you get a feel for it. Anyway, he found a um, Gatcom Monarch, I think it was, um, banjo for me, and I I had that for probably a year, year and a half, trying to sort of play some old time music. Um, around the, you know the family commitments were still keeping me at home a bit more than they do these days yeah. um, and um, just finding my way around the, the banjo a bit and um, yeah that, it's about a year and a half before I got a fiddle hmm. so uh, yeah I got I decided to get a fiddle while we're on it yeah, <laughs> yeah please yeah <laughs> that was quite a good one that um, I was I think I was still trying to work out different tunings on the banjo and, you know, it confused me how some sessions people would skip keys and... Yeah. But um, I was stood there with this big kind of case with a banjo in it and I saw a guy with a fiddle on his back walk up to the bar and grab a beer and he sort of listened as I was to this session that was playing for a bit. He took a sip of his beer and put it down, got out his fiddle and played for a tune or two and, and then put it back in, put it on his back and off he went and I thought... Oh, so that's for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that seems great. But but I love the both. It's like yeah. I, I couldn't tell you my favourite child. You know, they're all different. Although I tell each of them they're the favourite to hedge my bets. Yeah. <laughs> but banjo and fiddle, what's my favourite? I think if I was on my own, I'd probably more value uh, fiddle mm. um, because I can I lose more time into playing the fiddle on my own than the banjo. And um, why do you suppose it is? I think. No, I don't know. I think I've always leaned on um, playing the banjo to another fiddle player. So that's where I, you know, my comfort comes is hearing a fiddle player play and play yeah. banjo along with them. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I think there's probably elements about fiddling. Like, I could imagine if I got good enough to really enjoy myself, enjoy when? my own fiddling. You mean when? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when? When? <laughs> it's going to happen someday. But when I get good enough at fiddle to enjoy it, I can imagine, like, there's certain things about it, like, uh, it requires kind of more attention. You can sort of noodle around on a banjo, but if you're, like, sitting and, like, you know, if I were sitting by myself and fiddling, mm. I'd probably be, like, a little more, it requires a little, I think, a, a, little, a lot more body awareness yeah. and stuff. And so, it's like, I'd, it'd be a more immersive experience. And the sound is shooting right up at your face like yeah. in most fiddling postures like it would you know the sound holes like right up at your ear that's right so it's like it's like a what are those tanks that you can pay to be in to oh yeah not the, be able um, to s- smell yeah, or hear sen- or see sensory depression yeah it's like one of those tank. it's like yeah. just all fiddle yeah <laughs> that's about right yeah mm-hmm. so that kind of makes sense yeah yeah when i um i spend a bit of time busking and I'd play fiddle for six, seven hours in the day um, for a while there. And um, I sort of thought, oh, it'd be great to break that up with a bit of banjo music. Not just for me and having a different instrument, but for the um, poor people whose shops yeah. I like to busk outside yeah. of. Or just change it up. And I always found that kind of a challenging thing to do. It was harder for me to play banjo and busk. But then sometimes as well, and I've I've had um, I've been selling some of my timber on a market stall, and I take a banjo with me, and I wander around with it, noodling not very much of anything all day. Yeah. Um, but it sort of keeps me occupied um, and entertained, which in the quiet moments, which is good. But I've never felt able to have the fiddle there in that same way because it feels to me like 
I've got an item in each hand. And, yep. and like you say, the concentration is a banjo. It's sort of easy for me to stop and tuck it under my arm. And I don't know, it just feels less rude to be <laughs> minding shop noodling on a banjo than scratching fiddle tunes at people. Yeah, it is less rude. That yeah. makes... <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, you know, people like have all of these, like, you know, make jokes, they crack jokes about the banjo. I think it's because of bluegrass banjo, you know, yeah. ultimately. But like about it being this instrument that, you know, ostensibly nobody likes. But mm. yeah, the fiddle's way more... <laughs> demanding of your attention and your uh, and your patience and yeah yeah well that, that's why I try and anyone who's interested in learning the instrument I do try and tell them that you know make sure they know that it is supposed to sound awful when you start <laughs> I think if you know that then yeah. Yeah, it's all good but uh, can you imagine coming to ex- expecting to sound like yeah uh, anyway I think I just got spoiled um, from playing uh, piano as my first instrument yep it's just a machine that does all the work for you. Yeah. It expects you to do more work because of it, you know. Yeah. But like, but not having to concentrate on intonation. Yeah, it's, you just got to hit this like you know inch wide target. Yeah. And then you're good. Yeah, I, I find though having played stringed instruments mostly that 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 idea of two hands on a keyboard is really hard. To, it's really hard. But it's like a brain balance thing that I I don't know whether I'll ever spend enough time on one to try and unravel. I have wanted to one stage of my life but you can't do everything eh nope <laughs> unfortunately I'll play this little rose yeah what brought this one to mind was um, actually seeing you play it over at Richard and Aisha's on the weekend so it's a good one we should have a have a go at it Thank you. 
kitchen. I was really hoping one of the chickens was going to wander into view. I've, I've had chickens in and out of my view, I'll confess, while yeah, we've yeah. been playing, but they've all gone. <laughs> yeah, it's getting cold. Getting cold in the evening in Newbury. Let's take a quick tuning break so I can get up to A. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, and you can get up to A too. Where did you, uh, where'd you hear this pretty little girl? The tune. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Which pretty little. Um, that, that was from Craig. Craig Ulrich, oh, very good. who you uh, you played with up at Nimbin. Yeah. When did you When did you meet Craig? Because he people sort of talk about him like he's an old time patriarch in Melbourne or something. Yeah, he pretty much is. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like now and again, you come across people who seem to maybe in some way resent all that fuss and attention being passed his way but i don't think he really notices or or is bothered by that Good. but he's i don't mean pa- i guess patriarch has a negative connotation you know well, but no, i mean it in a positive way yeah, yeah to put it in context like when um craig talks about um head belly buzzard his um his band that, that so i first saw craig playing in head belly buzzard probably about 1994 95 mm. um and he would say you know if um if someone couldn't do the gig, it was really hard, or if not impossible, to find a fill-in player because there wasn't um, a scene of old-time players around. Yeah. And then um, there's lots of pockets of it getting popular. There's people that haven't played with Craig very much, I would suggest, that um, have been playing for years, but um, Craig was pretty central to the scene in Melbourne and ran sessions for years. And um, so... So a lot of us have actually got tunes from him because yeah. sometimes, I don't know, it might just be his own version of something or it might be someone's asked him to play something he can't remember how to play. I don't know. It just, just happens by evolution. Yeah. But I have heard versions of this that I thought it would probably come from, but I th- from Craig, I learned um, sort of this version. And it was, I think it was one of the first tunes that sort of stuck in my head with a name um, from seeing... Um, Head belly buzzard play back in the day. Hmm. Yeah. Head belly buzzard buzzard. Yeah, it's a great band name, eh? It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I really thought that. Um, so you're in a band with Craig. That's right. Yeah. Flying engine string yeah. band. So yeah. I thought <laughs> for quite a while at Nimbin Roots that the name of the band was Flying Engine, uh. like the derogatory term, and I was like. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> like there's people are just like so out of touch with like American political correctness. It is know? the other side of the planet. And, and at one point, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, "Oh, is a flying Indian playing?" And uh, someone correct me, and they said, "Engine." And I was like, "No, they're leading into." It. And then I finally found out that it's flying engine, as in like. Um, yeah like in a car you know yeah. like or, that's right or, or, or the plane Reese i guess county yeah. revelers if that's who it was tune there's a tune flying, flying engine tune, oh my goodness which i'm we haven't so glad i found out in the totally band yet, but we we probably will one day <laughs> totally changed my uh feelings about the band <laughs> i mean actually that on on a similar note i think um craig told me that head belly buzzard as a band name was um a mishearing that mick cameron the guitar player had suggested a name and yeah. Or maybe it's the other way around. But anyway, one of them said, head belly buzzard. And the other one said, no, you know, that's not what I said, but it's pretty good name. <laughs> it's on all the shirts yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Flying engine. I'm not sure trailer. whether they had any merchandise ever, yeah. but. Yeah. Oh, so we're going to play. Pretty little girl. 
playing yes so uh where can people go to find your music Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have albums yeah and yeah. uh they're 
available online. Probably. Somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> you're Flying not, the, you're it, not no. the one who uploads everything. <laughs> no, I've told you my email story you're asking. Yeah, about. yeah. So <laughs> Flying Engine. Flying Engine String Band. String Band? Um, yeah. Oh, very good. And uh, I think there's a um, Facebook page or... Okay, cool. I think Craig Woodward, maybe you can so get on to I'll him. tell you what, I will talk to Craig. Yeah. And I will get all the details. That, and then I'll great. mention it in the outro. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. That'd be much easier. So, so you guys do uh, old-time music, but you also play, like, Cajun music. Oh, well, um, not in the string band, no. We we play an old-time string band, but when we play sometimes with a trio, um, Craig and Sue, who are also obviously in Flying Engine, but um, also play in um, a Cajun band, Johnny Can't Dance. Oh, very good. So um, when we did Cajun ones, I used to get to sit on the triangle, which was a really challenging instrument to learn, actually, especially if you're learning People assume that it's easy. I mean, I've never played it, but when I hear a Cajun triangle player, I'm like, that is the loudest instrument in the group. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it has stop, the most responsibility. Stop and go. Yeah. That's all you got on the triangle. But I, yeah. I'd, I'd really like playing it now. I just um, oh, was yeah. surprised how much attention it could draw at first. Yeah. Um, and yeah. But um, but yeah, um, we, we do a few Cajun tunes as well. So we can play Cajun tunes and cool. old time tunes yeah. in the trio. It's nice and easy. Lots of instruments swapping. Um, yeah. Yeah. So everyone go find Flying Engine String Band. If you can. Engine with an E, not the racial <laughs> slur. Count, okay. count to 100 now. We'll go and hide and see if you can find us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And uh, anything else you want to promote? Um, no, not promote. Yeah. I'd just say thank you to you and... and oh, yeah. um, and also, like all, all these other, like the American guests we have over here playing music always seem so lovely. I don't know whether your whole country is full of really lovely people. Oh, yeah, all of us, just like this. Every single one. It's <laughs> true. The stereotypes one. we have of Americans is true. They're lovely. No, but, uh, you know, and spending a lot of time playing with us. I know it's what we like to do, but um, yeah. it can be pretty tiring too, I'm sure. But uh, I, I really enjoy um, spending time with you guys and whoever else is, is playing, you know. So Americans head over Rock. to Australia. Yeah, yeah, come, come out sign to up some for of these festivals. festivals yeah, you know the ones that come over always seem to have a great time. I've had a great time so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a hoot. Yeah. What do you want to play for the last tune, man? Ah, so we'll play um, Callahan's Reel, which um, that was another tune I just heard very early on. I, I heard this tune. I was actually doing a bit of nerdy kind of. Um, I, I think at that stage, you know, working out what an Appalachian string band was even yes. and, and sort of history and context and, and not being aware of geography and and um, there was a story going on it sort of had a photo show of you know various pictures that were relevant and in the background I could just hear the, the most hypnotic sound I'd ever had and it turned out to be Callan's Real but it took mm. me it took me ages to work out what it was, um, just by just know. the name of the tune. Yeah, because yeah. there was no credits for it, or yeah. um, and you know, internet was really slow. <laughs> I was really slow with the internet, also, but um, it was hard to actually. You know, it might take me. 15, 20 minutes to download a two, three minute clip. Yeah, and then you listen to it and it's like, and oh, go, it's, it's not that not one. That one. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you were limited by what you could do. But yeah. in the end, I, I found it so, um, so, yeah, I don't think it was like a super early tune I learned to play, but it was, it was there for a long time and I, I enjoyed playing it. 
Well, this will be the last tune, so thanks so much for being thanks on the show. For, thanks yeah. for having me. It's of course. Been yeah. nice, nice afternoon to sit and play tunes yes. and chat with yeah. you. So. Let's do some more off mic. I think we probably, uh, we probably will carry on doing that for a little while. Yeah.
Liam is playing with Flying Engine String Band, his band with recent guest of the show, Craig Woodward, on January 12th from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Edinburgh Castle Hotel in Brunswick. And make sure to catch his sets with Flying Engine and the Greater Glider String Band, his band with Nara Damasin, at the Yara Junction Fiddlers Convention February 15th through the 17th. In the meantime, follow Flying Engine String Band on Facebook and check out the Greater Glider String Band SoundCloud page. Oh, and there's nowhere to buy Flying Engine String Band albums online, but you can email Craig Woodward and he'll hook you up. Check the show notes on your device or this episode's Facebook post for links. Get Up in the Cool is listener-supported. I spent about two years making this show while holding down a full-time job, and uh, I couldn't do that anymore. So this is my job now, but I definitely need more listener support to keep it going. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can afford to keep making it at this rate, visit getupinthecool.com. Click the button that says Patreon, choose a support level that works for you, and get its corresponding reward. Give a little, and I'll give you an on-air shout-out. A little more, and you could get access to the bonus track blog where I post the extra tune that my guests and I play for each episode, including this one. At higher levels of support, you could join me for a monthly online banjo workshop or download the whole Get Up In The Cool tune archive featuring every tune and song ever played on the show, including the bonus tracks, tagged and separated from the dialogue for your listening convenience. Again, that's getupinthecool.com, then click the button that says Patreon. I also offer the show's exclusive bonus content in bulk at a discount. Just go to getupinthecool.com and click the link that says Store. Another great way to support the show is to purchase a telegram if you'd like me to read a message on air for another listener of the show. You can also purchase a promotional telegram, and I'll read ad copy for your business, festival, or crowdfunding campaign. You can purchase those by going to getupinthecool.com and clicking store. Which reminds me, big thanks again to Elderly Instruments for sponsoring this episode. You can visit their website at elderly.com. If you're already funding Get Up in the Cool, thank you so much for your support. I love making the show, but it's a lot of work and a lot of time, and I really couldn't do it without your help, so thank you. If you're unable to support Get Up in the Cool financially, please spread the show around to people who might. I release a video for every episode, so if you like, follow, and join the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page and group and share the video posts, a lot more people will hear about the show. My schedule for next year is starting to fill up, so if you want to book me, you should do it soon. Live Get Up in the Cool episodes can be a great way to raise the profile of your festival or camp and get more people to come out the following year. And while I'm there, I can perform a set or two and teach all levels of Clawhammer banjo. For booking, go to getupinthecool.com or cameronduit.com and click contact. And if you're not an organizer but want me to come out to your favorite camp or festival, let them know about it. Fan recommendations are way more impactful than me just cold calling those places. If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. Sometimes when I meet Get Up in the Cool listeners, they say, I feel like I know you so well, uh, which is true. The filters I use on my Get Up in the Cool persona are an important part of me, but Think Outside the Box Set Cameron is what I'm like when I don't have to be hospitable to guests or be 100% positive or censor myself. Also, it's a good and informative show. I'm really proud of it. Uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts or boxset.website. If you're having trouble finding anything I mentioned in this outro, it's all linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up at the Cool Facebook page and group. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.